Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everybody, it's David Pluff. Welcome to Campaign HQ. It's a little after midnight on Wednesday, February 12th, and uh, lo and behold, we got results in uh, from New Hampshire, and uh, elections seem to proceed smoothly. Excited. It looks like we did have pretty strong turnout. Uh, wait for all the votes to come in, but uh, particularly in some of the swing areas in New Hampshire. So after, I think, some concern about that in Iowa, at least uh, here in New Hampshire, uh, it looks like we had turnout more to our liking. We'll have to watch that carefully going forward. Uh, but to what happened in terms of the results. So Bernie Sanders uh, with a win, a much narrower win than I think some polls had predicted. And this was his state where he had his second largest primary victory in 2016. He had some strong caucus showings, but a bigger field. Um, you had two candidates in, in uh, Pete Buttigieg and, and Amy Klobuchar who clearly were closing strong and had momentum at the end. So Listen, could Bernie Sanders have gone on and and be a strong contender for the nominee if he had lost this? I think he probably could, given his financial strength and his organizational capability and grassroots enthusiasm all throughout the country. But um, clearly it would have been, you know, a big setback. So um, he did what he had to. I'm sure they would have liked a slightly larger margin, more uh, in the 30s than where they landed. But a win is a win. First clean win of the 2020 primary calendar. So congratulations to Sanders. Uh, Pete Buttigieg had a a strong second, coming just uh, less than two percentage points off Bernie Sanders. Um, Clearly closed strong at the end. Even with all the muddiness coming out of Iowa, uh, he benefited from his performance in Iowa and gained a bunch of strength and momentum here at the end um, and probably would have won, potentially, if Amy Klobuchar also hadn't gotten hot uh, at the end, using her strong debate performance on Friday uh, to really surge uh, and get to a 20% third place showing. Um, so, you know, then we have Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden, uh, who underperformed, I think, where most people thought they'd be for most of the race, and certainly even in in the closing polls, uh, you saw them decelerating. But, you know, to finish in in single digits uh, is a blow to both of them. But, you know, they both made the case tonight that they're going to go on and think they've got better parts of the calendar ahead, which leads me to where do we find ourselves now? Uh, You know, my uh, usual reminder that this is a race about delegates, not about how many states you win or how many good nights you have. Uh, Are you proceeding along the path to 1,991 delegates. Um, very few delegates have been offered so far. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, I think, has a, a two-delegate lead over Bernie Sanders. So the beginning contests here are very much about momentum. You know, South Carolina, historically, both Clinton and Obama actually netted a decent amount of delegates out of there. So if you win South Carolina um, by a, a big margin, you can actually begin to build onto your delegate pile. But these first three are very much about momentum. Uh, Buttigieg and Sanders got the same amount of delegates here, as happened in 08 with Clinton and Obama. We'll see in Nevada, historically, that's close from a delegate standpoint. So I think the real question is, you know, Klobuchar clearly, given her strong performance, is going to go on and try and capitalize on that. Mayor Pete, 
uh, wins the delegates in Iowa, comes in a close second here. He's clearly got momentum is going to go on. Uh, Biden and, and Warren are both very clear. Uh, they're not just going on. They see promise uh, ahead for them. And then, of course, Bernie Sanders, you know, uh, probably is the person you can most confidently say now, you know, as we look into March is for sure going to be viable in a lot more places than not from a delegate standpoint. So I think that's a big question. And then with Bloomberg looming out there, you know, potentially you could have five candidates who aren't Bernie Sanders sort of carving up vote in March. And that's for Bernie Sanders. I think two things have to happen for him to uh, kind of gain a pledge delegate lead and become the clear front runner. One would be to grow his support. So we saw him in the mid 20s in both Iowa and New Hampshire. You know, the question is, in a consistent fashion across the states, uh, can he get into the mid 30s and high 30s, where almost no matter what the rest of the field's doing, uh, if there are several candidates still in and getting vote, he's going to win states and win delegates. But if he can't grow and he stays about where he is in, in more states than not, you know, his other path to securing a delegate lead, um, less robust than if he were really to grow his vote share, though, uh, would be, you know, to have the rest of the candidates, you know, getting 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Some are viable in some congressional districts. Some aren't. Some are viable statewide or not. But he's probably the one person you can consistently, you know, count on uh, to be viable. So I think so much of this race, uh, you know, we have 18 days till South Carolina and then just 21 days uh, until Super Tuesday will be how this sorts itself out if it does. You know, doesn't Pete Buttigieg uh, grow his support all across the country and find a way to build support, uh, which is really uh, minimal now, uh, in communities of color? Can Amy Klobuchar capitalize on this uh, and become uh, sort of the center-left alternative to Bernie Sanders? Uh, can Biden and Warren have, um, you know, comeback stories uh, that they're right? And then, of course, Bloomberg, who's moving in national polls, you know, he probably needs some of those candidates uh, to underperform in Nevada and South Carolina so that they lose even more momentum uh, so that he's got a better shot at getting into the 20s. So this thing is super cloudy. And I think the only thing we can say with confidence is, you know, Bernie Sanders right now, probably just from a delegate standpoint, um, has the clearest path. But, you know, he's he's got a huge burden to put together the kind of support he needs to secure the pledge delegate uh, lead. There's another scenario where, you know, on Super Tuesday, and maybe it's not a, even across all states, but, you know, you've got three candidates, you know, Bernie probably being one of them and another couple getting, um, you know, 22, 23. Uh, maybe that's not the same two candidates in each state. Uh, and then the delegates are really getting split up uh, even more dramatically. So, um, you know, I think what I'll be watching for uh, in the coming days are one, where are candidates spending their time? How much time are they spending in Nevada? How much time are they spending in South Carolina? How much time are they spending in the March states? We know Bernie Sanders announced today he's going to be going to North Carolina at the end of this week. Where are they spending their dollars? Bloomberg's obviously spending everywhere. But um, I think the rest of these candidates are going to have to make some really hard decisions about where they're going to place their advertising dollars. Where are they sending their staff? These candidates have staff now coming out of New Hampshire. They had staff in Iowa. Where are they placing their bets? Uh, and then beyond that, from both a spending standpoint and a candidate time standpoint, where are they spending their time in states? Because you um, need to really focus on congressional districts. Uh, in Texas, which is another big Super Tuesday state, you need to focus on state Senate districts. And, you know, you should not send your candidate anywhere in any state that's not based on delegate math, particularly if it's, a you know, some CDs or, or state Senate districts. 
offer even number CDs, most do, where you split up two uh, delegates or four or six, but some offer odd, five, seven, nine. And, you know, that's an opportunity if you even win by, you know, a percentage point or two over your closest rival, uh, you potentially can get an extra delegate. So, you know, that's, you know, delegate nerd math. Um, but I'd urge all of you uh, to spend as much time with you as you can. A lot of great sites out there, you know, talking about delegates, show how many delegates are awarded um, and understand where these candidates are going uh, and why and where they're spending their money and why. So, um, you know, I, I think what's interesting is we saw Andrew Yang, who ran a great campaign, came out of nowhere, has suspended his campaign. Deval Patrick is going to do the same. Senator Michael Bennett, all amazing folks. But for whatever reason, uh, this was not their time. Uh, each of them, I think, different reasons for that. But um, so we had some thinning, but, you know, nobody in the top five candidates, uh, six if you count Steyer. So the field goes on, even though some people have had some poor performances particularly Biden and Warren, I think they believe that they've got some uh, states ahead of them where they might be able to uh, improve on their performance. Uh, But in Nevada, you know, the question will be, does the person who comes in fifth or sixth there uh, feel like they can go into South Carolina? I think it depends on who it is. You know, South Carolina may be a moment where Folks who underperform may take a look at, uh, at Super Tuesday and realize they're sailing into a storm that's going to capsize them. But again, if, if we have all the candidates who currently constitute, you know, that rough type tier plus Bloomberg, you know, you'd have six candidates uh, going into Super Tuesday. Uh, and I think what you have there is a lot of carving up of delegates. So um, we have a debate in Nevada next Wednesday. Um, that'll be uh, moderated and hosted by NBC and MSNBC. Um, we saw how important, based on the exit polls, the debate was uh, in New Hampshire and clearly gave Omi Klobuchar some momentum. So I don't think the Nevada debate may have quite the impact New Hampshire had. Uh, New Hampshire is a very political state, uh, historically uh, gets really high debate ratings amongst people in that state. But Nevada will still matter because it's happening just a few days before the caucus. And I think every candidate needs to redouble their efforts uh, and try and be the person that comes out of there with the most momentum. Uh, You just can't go into that hoping to have a good performance. Um, You've got to go in there and try and seize the day and leverage that to get additional support. Uh, We'll also have to carefully watch the preparations in Nevada. It's a caucus state. And so, you know, the training that's happening with precinct leaders, I believe there's a tool that's going to be used uh, for reporting that folks are getting trained on. The caucus sites, in particularly on the Strip, historically have been pretty chaotic. And so we'll have to watch that carefully. Another thing in Nevada is the the really powerful culinary union, which represents so many of the people who work on the Strip, um, is sending out mailings and, and leaflets to all their members. They haven't endorsed, but attacking Medicare for all and saying uh, it's going to really hurt their members in terms of uh, their wages and quality of health care, which is an attack aimed right at Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. So we'll have to see uh, if that has an effect. So uh, long and short of it, you know, we had a winner tonight. Uh, We had a clear, uh, strong second uh, and a surprise third. Uh, A couple of candidates in in Warren uh, and Biden that underperformed. But, you know, the race goes on. And so I think um, uh, I will be paying close attention to the strategic decisions campaigns are making um, over the next uh, three weeks. And I would expect to see um, some of these campaigns begin to focus more on those March states, even though they have Nevada and South Carolina in front of them, because they have to come out of that with enough delegates 
uh, to have a potential claim on the nomination. Um, last thing on delegates, you know, look at California. I mean, this is probably not likely to happen, but it's not implausible. If someone like Bernie Sanders were to get 25 or 26, which is basically what he got in Iowa, New Hampshire, and didn't grow in a state like California, but Bloomberg and Klobuchar and Buttigieg and Warren and Biden are all, you know, getting vote, 9, 10, 15, 16. Um, you know, you'll still get Steyer and, and Tulsi Gabbard getting some vote uh, there. Bloomberg is obviously in the mix. You could have 60% of the vote, 65% of the vote, maybe even 70% of the vote uh, going to the rest of the candidates. And, and a lot of them uh, not viable in a lot of districts, maybe not viable statewide. Some would be viable. And so that's how somebody like Bernie Sanders could really build up a pretty big delegate lead. That's, you know, the thing I've learned is it's hard to get a delegate lead, but it's even harder to lose it once you have it because of the proportionality of our system. You know, we don't have a winner take all. Um, and so the only way to really eat into someone's delegate lead is to win states by a landslide, you know, 75, 25, 80, 20. And as long as it's a multi-candidate field, that's going to be hard to happen. Maybe if it gets down to two people, uh, somebody would have an opportunity to come back. But uh, but even then, it's hard. So um, I think really paying a lot of attention to um, how candidates are uh, deploying their resources, what is their strategy around Super Tuesday, who seems like they're going all in in Nevada and South Carolina or not. We know Joe Biden's going to have to go all in in South Carolina. Some of the other candidates may not have to win it, uh, but they clearly have to show their ability to appeal to more diverse parts of the electorate. So I'm going to have on Thursday, and we're going to drop it a little bit later than normal, the podcast on Thursday, but to John Ralston, kind of a legendary journalist uh, in Nevada now, runs a uh, terrific uh, online news organization called the Nevada Independent. But John um, is a numbers uh, guru in Nevada, in addition to just being a great reporter. So we're going to go deep in on Nevada. We're going to talk about some of the counties. We're going to talk about the delegate situation. We're going to talk about what's going on with the culinary union. Uh, We're going to talk about what he's seeing on the ground and how he's evaluating the advertising. So Nevada is the next stop on this uh, journey through all of our states and territories. And so uh, I think it's important for all of you, hopefully, to bone up on Nevada uh, and learn a little bit more about the next contest. So I'm really excited to share that with you on Thursday. So uh, with that, have a great rest of the week, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you on Thursday.